Today is Friday, December 14th, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. Well, it's the end of another college semester, which means it's time to say goodbye to colleagues who came to Peck as student interns or fellows. Well, this fall, we were lucky to have law student Ethan Story on the team, putting his legal training to work on a variety of policy issues Peck is involved with. In return, Ethan got a taste of what it's like to work for an environmental NGO and an experience he couldn't get at law school. School is a different animal. Yes, you have deadlines. Sure, you have class times. But actually going to an office, there is a a collaborativeness that you need to work with, working with people. Uh, it, it really helps teach and coach one to be able to do that so that way you're a lot more comfortable going into a work environment. We'll have an exit interview with Ethan on this episode. First, though, a little bit of background on Vermont Law School, where he's earning his degree. It has the nation's top-ranked program in environmental law, and that's partly on the strength of their approach to professionalizing future lawyers in the field with an emphasis on practical skills and real workplace experience. Tech President David Woodwell spoke with adjunct faculty member Joanna Tebow, who oversees students enrolled in Vermont Law's Semester in Practice program. Here's their conversation. You are here to check us out and make sure that this is all above board, right? Sure. That's exactly what I mean. That's exactly what it is. So it's, I mean, it's an amazing program. Oftentimes we get things from law students from other students wanted to do 10 hours a week or something to sort of get an exposure to what's happening in an environmental NGO. In this case, Vermont Law School, a very well-known law school with a lot of environmental practice going on, has this amazing program that really gives us this talent for no charge uh, for a bunch of months. And how, what is the program and how does it work? Well, it started many years ago when Vermont Law recognized the rural nature of the school and wanted to offer the students a chance to have an internship at other uh, law firms or agencies and NGOs. So they started this semester-long program they call the Semester in Practice, where they give credit to the students for working full-time at uh, in a placement. And another piece of that is a couple credits of academic credit so that they are also involved in an academic part of the program. And the idea is that they recognize that this is for credit, so it's an educational piece. It's an educational program, and it's not just free work to you, whether it's free or not, but that they're also paying for the experience and that they want it to be a part of their education. And so you guys have found that getting students out into some version of the real world is valuable for the students and the school? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. It's incredibly valuable, I think, first and foremost for the student. Being someone that did a semester in practice during law school myself, I can tell you that it was quite beneficial and valuable. It's still an experience that I I hold near and dear to my heart. It's probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. Um, And it it does give you a chance to be a part of the team. So unlike going to a summer program or internship, which is much more traditional, you're often not the only intern. Um, If you are, it's a short, short and truncated version or unlike a, a part-time program where you're only there a couple of days, a few afternoons, 10 hours, 20 hours a week, where work is saved up for you, you're literally an extension of the team. So you get to work in the office, and we've seen time and time again that the students have risen to the occasion and actually become part of the team. I have had several site visits just even this semester where they've said, oh, we treat them just like they're an associate. They're just an extension. We don't even think about the fact that they're an intern. We just give them the work as we would anyone And that's an experience that you get through this program because you're there full time. 
All right, and this is the uh, the chance for the free plug for the Vermont Law School, which is not part of the University of Vermont. It is not. It's where are, where are you guys? What's the program like? What's the school about? The school is located in South Royalton, Vermont. It's a tiny little town. Um, not including the law students, is about fifteen hundred. So it's a really small little, quaint, perfect Vermont village. And the law school was started in the 70s. It is not affiliated, um, has kind of a lower endowment because of that. We don't have an affiliation with UVM, Dartmouth, or any schools um, in the nearby vicinity. So we are very much standalone and only there for law. And unlike many of the many other law schools in the country, most of the students that come to Vermont Law have a deep passion for the environment, for public service, uh, to help others to affect change, and when they go through the academic, um, when they, um, the admissions process, I'm sorry, when we go through the admissions process, there's a certain type of student that they're looking for. It's not necessarily always about the grades or the LSAT score, um, but it also is about who that person is as a whole, and it creates a different student because of that. It's a very passionate school, and the placements through this semester in practice program. They see that. And we have five of the the placements I've met this semester on my site visits all said, this was my first year with a Vermont law student. I want one next semester. Send me one whenever you can. They they love the students that, that come do the work. They work really hard and they have a lot of passion for what they're doing. So. so what do you expect out of the students during this time? I expect them to treat it like a real job. Uh, we are emphatic about monitoring that they try to work 40 hours a week, that they – you know, they don't really leave the office unless they're they're ill, <laughs> just like you would any other job, as if they were getting a paycheck, that they give it their best, that they try to meet deadlines, but that they also accept that this is a learning process and build their confidence as they go. Know that it's okay to not be overly confident. Know that it's okay to be, you know, nervous when you turn in a an assignment and wait for your feedback. But those are some of the other things we try to train them as well, which is what is an effective way to get feedback to make sure. Feedback isn't just about getting comments on a written piece of paper. It's also about how you're doing the job, how you're projecting yourself professionally, how you're networking, how are you holding yourself out in the office space and in the community. That's all feedback. It's all something that goes together, how you're working with the team, how you work with the others. There's another layer of that as well, which is not everybody is easy to work for or with. So learning, this is an opportunity for you to learn how to maybe handle situations you wouldn't otherwise be exposed to in law school and you might get in your first time job. So maybe a supervisor doesn't give you an assignment the way that you're comfortable with. So how do you figure out the details you need? You know, those sorts of things. How do you write an email professionally? How do you make sure you understand the details of what's being asked of you? And all of those factors, and we monitor through the semester, through a journal, and through reflecting um, along the way. We have them set up learning a learning plan and establish goals so that they keep that academic piece in mind as they move through the semester so that they never lose target of why they're here and they don't get caught up in the fun of working the job and feeling like a real lawyer, and they remember that this is actually – they have goals that they want to achieve by the end of the semester. It's It serves a much stronger purpose during the orientation piece when they go, oh, yeah, that's right. I should really think about what I want to get out of this, that I should really think about why I'm here and put that down on paper. And it really serves a, a strong purpose for all of these students through the semester. So what kind of reaction do you get with, from the students once they're done? Nearly always positive even those that have been in a challenging placement, either because the the relationships weren't as strong or they weren't as good at what at the job as they'd hoped to be or something else, 
you know, my job is their coach. I'm on the other side to basically give them advice on how to move through problems and issues, whether they're personal and I'm trying to help them figure out how to work through it, whether it's a supervisor, whether it's an assignment, whether it's confidence. And by the time they get to the end of the semester, they all they, – they write a paper. So they spend week after week looking at things in a reflective manner. And then at the end, they take, you know, two to five things and say, these are this is what I got out of this semester and this is what I found. And it's always very positive. In fact, a huge chunk of my students usually say, the journaling was my favorite part and I thought I was going to hate it. Um, and it, it tends to really be a very positive experience all around. Well, and you see this as part of the legal education because you're also teaching – traditional classes and distance learning and all kinds of things. So so you're getting it all around. And and as a graduate of this program yourself, it sort of fits in, you know, having been somebody who sat there for three years in classes not having had this opportunity, this, you know, you see this really producing a better product, for lack of a better term, at the end, in, the, in terms of a student. A better, better student. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you have a student that, I mean, think of it from a professionalism standpoint. You come out of law school already being able to work on day one as a professional. You don't have to learn those things. Um, that's what this semester is about. It's about making mistakes so that you get a chance to try it out before you get out into the real world. But there's there's also this level. What do they always say? Law school doesn't teach you how to be a lawyer. Law school yep. teaches you how to think like a lawyer. So this is an opportunity for those students to actually practice law before they get their law degree. It, it, it adds a, a whole other layer of learning, experimental learning, that I think is quite beneficial for the student. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sitting down talking about this, and sure. thank you for giving us Ethan for the semester, because it's, it's helped us a lot on a number of issues. Oh, you're very welcome. And thanks for coming to Pittsburgh to check it out. Sure. My pleasure. Joanna Tebow with the Semester in Practice program at Vermont Law School, speaking with PEC President David Woodwell. David also sat down with legal intern Ethan Story in our North Shore Pittsburgh production studio for a chat about his time here. Ethan, welcome to this wonderful podcast thing. This was not part of the deal when you signed up, but it's good to have you here. Thank you very much. So how did you end up with the Pennsylvania Environmental Council sitting in Pittsburgh working on a variety of issues? Well, short answer is that uh, David Woodwell, across the seat from me, actually said, yes, I would have you for the, uh, for the semester. Uh, long answer is that uh, looking to know that I was going to spend some time here in Pittsburgh and uh, making Pittsburgh my home, I wanted to find some organizations that aligned with my passion and my view in the environmental uh, law spectrum. And when I was uh, searching out there to see what was in Pittsburgh, uh, I stumbled upon your website uh, and looking at some of the projects you were involved in, a lot of watershed projects, which is near and dear to me. Uh, I said, you know, I should probably look at a little bit more into them, send them a resume uh, application, and uh, ultimately led into a phone call and uh, for, for us to, get to speak in person. So you're a third-year law student, and you elect to leave the confines of campus the sort of structured, normal path of whatever courses or papers you'd be doing for this semester and sort of embed with a place. How does that fit as part of the educational experience? Well, what I have found is that stepping foot into an office like PEC, 
uh, really helped because it gives me a good foundation. It gives me a good foundation of what I'm going to be expecting uh, when I first start my uh, first day uh, in the legal field. School is a different animal. Yes, you have deadlines. Sure, you have class times. But actually going to an office where you have people working on, on different projects, there is a, uh, a collaborativeness that you need to work with, working with people. Uh, it, it really helps teach and coach one to be able to do that. So that way you're a lot more comfortable going into a work environment. So as you've been doing this, uh, you've been exposed to a bunch of stuff. You came in wanting to talk about water issues primarily. Correct. So what kind of stuff have you been doing? Uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> uh, so everything from just even going into uh, water commissions, uh, water authorities in Pennsylvania, as well as outside of Pennsylvania. Orsenko was a, a really good uh, way to get my hands wet, if you don't mind me uh, with a pun, uh, into the water spectrum. Uh, my supervisor, David, uh, he asked me to look into this organization and as well as compare them to uh, other organizations. You have the Delaware River Basin. Um, you've got um, SRBC, DRBC, the Great Lakes Commission, Potomac Commission, all these ways of handling interstate water issues. Yeah, Exactly. This laundry list of, of commissions that basically I was able to research, look into um, how were they created? What are, the, what are their powers? What's their enforcement powers? What can and can they not do? Uh, and then comparing them to each other uh, just to kind of see how these different entities um, vary uh, was a good way for me to kind of get my uh, understanding of how uh, water commissions uh, work in the state of Pennsylvania. So you're doing that. You're looking at a variety of other issues, not all of which we'll admit to right now. But taking that forward, so you spent time this summer, the summer of 2018, with the Department of Environmental Protection, Pennsylvania. So you've Correct. seen – a couple of sides of it so far. What's you know sort of the distinction between a government enforcement agency, their in-house legal world, and sort of this quasi-legal? I mean, we are legal, but the quasi-world of doing policy and project work. Are big distinctions, big takeaways between those? Uh, yes. the The first one that stands out to me is that coming from a state slash government entity such as DEP. They are going to see suits coming from all sorts of parties. They issue a permit. It's going to be too stringent to industry or not stringent enough to the uh, NGOs. And then you come into an organization uh, such as PEC where you have an organization that is focused at bringing everybody to the table. They play middle of the road, and in this political climate, it's a really tough road to play uh, because you have a lot of people glaring at each other and peck in the middle trying to find an equilibrium, if you will, between everybody, um, knowing that there has to be a change, there has to be a fix, and we need everyone to work together to accomplish that fix. So when you compare the two, you have kind of the heads banging into each other and to oppose to an organization like PEC that is trying to soften that blow and say, hey, let's, let's take a step back. Let's look at what we can accomplish, what you can accomplish, and uh, let's make this thing work together. So as a student, you're still a student. Correct. Going back again, you know, starting in January or whatever, how do you think this experience impacts your – sort of how you approach being back in the classroom, being back on campus? 
Oh, it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be hard. Uh, I don't want to say that this is uh, not as demanding as, as law school. It's, it's a different type of work. It's a different type of uh, mind frame. Uh, but going back into to law school, I'm going to have to prepare myself to read um, probably, you know, 150 to 200 uh, pages every other night. Where here, I it, what I need to do is I need to dive deep into a certain subject, understand it inside and out really, really well. So that way, my work product I'm providing is exactly what um, what my supervisors are looking for. So that way, they can talk to their clients and, and their partners and not hesitate that they know that the answer they received is exactly what it should be. Um, whereas law school is like, I just need to be able to understand exactly what the professors assigned, talk about it, put it in my notes, and move on to the next one. So how do you think you sort of internalize, I guess in some ways, all these different experiences you've been able to have into sort of a path forward after law school? Is it worth, as a student, is it worth having these other experiences to really help chart that course forward? Yeah, very much so. It's given me a good understanding of how certain organizations work, what their clients are looking for, and to understand what my skill sets are best capable of providing, which is really helpful. So that way I'm not testing the waters, if you will. I'm right outside of law school. I'm, I'm getting a really good experience now on, on knowing what my skill set can best serve uh, my clients. All right. So you are living in Pennsylvania. Correct. Living in Pittsburgh, attending law school in Vermont. Mm -hmm. What got you to do that? So I used to uh, serve on the board of an organization called Trout Unlimited. Uh, this is back in Anchorage, Alaska, where I was serving on this board. And when I was working with them, uh, we did a lot of conservation work, uh, a lot of grassroots uh, water conservation projects. And uh, as important as that is... I had the opportunity to speak with one of the legal representatives who worked alongside with Trout Unlimited on one of these projects and found that there was a lot of legal and policy work that could help uh, mitigate some of the damages that we were actually cleaning up. And after kind of thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, at that particular time I was on the board, I was also working on finance, I was uh, not sure I wanted to spend my career in finance. I decided that uh, maybe I should give this legal thing a, uh, a shot. And when looking around to see what schools had to offer, knowing that I, I was dedicated and had my heart set on, on environmental work, I stumbled upon uh, Vermont Law School. And knowing that Vermont Law School is second to none in the environmental legal field, uh, I said, this is, this is the school I'm going to shoot for. This is one of my top schools. And when they gave me an acceptance letter, I said, yep, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, now, moving to Pittsburgh, it was a larger municipality into the area, um, and I fell in love with Pittsburgh. It's a younger city. It's coming up. It's, it's got a lot of uh, technology-based organizations and companies. Um, it's, it's not the uh, dark, dirty, cold, industrial city that a lot of people associate with the word in town of, of Pittsburgh. And uh, so it was a good, good fit for me. Well, it's been a great fit for us. So thank you for doing it. We appreciate it. And um, one plug also, somewhere on our website is a video of 
the long run or something, which was the relay run on the Great Allegheny Passage. And Ethan and his wife both participated in that as part of Team Peck. And uh, so take a look at that. But Ethan, thank you for everything you've done this fall. And uh, all the best going forward. And we look forward to continuing it. I very much thank you. This has been a great experience. I appreciate it. Thank you. Ethan Story is a third-year law student at Vermont Law School and Peck's outgoing legal intern for fall 2018. As you heard just now, he's also a founding member of our celebrated trail relay team, which completed the 159-mile inaugural Gap relay race on the Great Allegheny Passage back in October. He appears in that video David mentioned, which we will include in the show notes for this episode, along with links and other information on the topics we touched upon. You'll find it as a post on the Peck blog at PECPA.org, where you can find all of our past podcast episodes in the audio room, along with a wealth of other content, including videos and handy information resources for trail and watershed organizations, legislative and policy news on the Build Tracker, reports and presentations from our Deep Decarbonization Initiative and other energy and climate work, and much, much more. Take a look around at PECPA.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook for more. By the way, you can also stay on top of news from Peck by subscribing to our In Case You Missed It email feed. Easy to sign up again via the website at peckpa.org. That's all for this edition of Pennsylvania Legacies, and that brings us to a wrap on our 2018 season. The show will be back right after the holidays. New episodes resume every other Friday starting January 11th. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. As always, thanks for listening and see you next year.